Hey guys, welcome back to the Bubbly Thoughts Podcast, and welcome to day 26 of Buzztober. We are 26 days in. If you don't know what Buzztober is by now, I'm reading a bunch of scary shit from this place on the internet called Reddit. Could be fictional, could be real, it's fictional, don't worry. Uh, if you don't like scary stuff, don't listen. Mature content, I can't, like, can't keep repeating myself for 26 days in. So, like usual, I'm going to kick us off with our two-sentence horror story. If you listen to my last episode, I don't know who the users are for the remainder of the episodes. Please forgive me. Google it if you really want to know. The two-sentence horror story. I wake up and everything feels wrong. It's too quiet outside. I look out the window and see everyone standing still, looking at my house. Fuck! Can you imagine how scary that would be? Oh my god, that's like actually one of my worst nightmares. That's crazy. That was a good one. That was a really good one. So we'll go ahead and dive into our uh, short horror story here. Okay, guys, with this next one, um, I just want to give a trigger warning, and I try to do this when I can. Uh, trigger warning uh, for suicide, just as an FYI. So if that's something um, that's going to trigger you, please don't listen to this story. This one was written in by user Life is Strange Me Too, and it's entitled, I Met a Demon on the Tokyo Subway. I looked around and saw the subway station had disappeared, replaced by flowing green meadows that were full of old trains. I can't see the subway station anymore, I said. That's okay, said the demon. Sometimes it's better to see what isn't there instead of what is. What do you mean? Sometimes when I'm bored or sad, my mind slips off into the third dimension, and I see people like you. That's funny, I laughed. Can you go to other dimensions too? But the demon didn't answer. He was looking up at the sky. It's starting to rain, he said, whooshing his wings over his head. Warm droplets of rain hit my face. Can I get under your wings with you, I asked. Not now, he replied. You've got to go home. The world began to shimmer and flow together like different shades of green and golden paint, spinning around faster and faster in circles. I started to feel a little sick and I closed my eyes. The world stopped spinning, but warm droplets of water still fell on my face. I opened my eyes and saw my mom crying over me, but I didn't see my dad. Where's dad? I asked her. Did he bring me home? Yes, darling, she said, although she didn't look at me when she said it. He brought you home, and then he had to go away. Oh, I replied. When will he be back? I don't know, she said. My dad never did come back. And it was years before I had found the truth. He had killed himself that day. Ooh, that one was dark, y'all. Um, I like the twist of him kind of, like, communicating with this demon. Um... It's weird. There's got to be some kind of parallel between the experience he had in the beginning of the day, um, along with his father's um, death at the end of the story. I just thought it was really beautifully written. Like, I could picture everything, even though it was kind of like a funky story. I loved the imagery that was created with that particular story. Um, so I hope you guys liked that one, too. And we'll go ahead and dive into our last story. And I think this one is, yes, okay, this one is so good. This is actually one of my favorite stories that I've read on No Sleep Reddit. So I hope you guys will love it too. This one was written in by user Oven Fried, and it's entitled A Story to Scare My Son. Son, we have to chat about internet safety. 
I slowly crumpled down onto the floor next to him. His laptop was open and he was playing Minecraft on a public server. His eyes were locked into the action comments, scroll down the side of the screen in a chat box. Son, can you stop your game for a minute? He exited the world, closed the laptop, and looked up at me. Dad, is this going to be another cheesy, scary story? What? I faked hurt feelings for a second and then grinned at him. I thought you liked my cautionary tales. He grew up listening to my stories about children who encountered witches, ghosts, werewolves, and trolls. Like many generations of parents, I use scary stories to reinforce morals and teach lessons about safety. Single dads like me should use all the parenting tools at their disposal. He scrunched his face a little. They were fine when I was six, but now that I'm getting older, they don't scare me anymore. They seem kind of silly. If you're going to tell a story about the internet, can you make it really, really scary? I squinted at him incredulously. He folded his arms. Dad, I'm 10. I can handle it. Hmm. Okay. I'll try. I began. Once upon a time, there was a boy named Colby. His expression indicated that he wasn't impressed with the terror of the introduction. He sighed deeply and settled in for one of Dad's cheesy stories. I continued. Colby went online and joined several children's websites. After a while, he started talking to other kids in-game on the message boards. He made friends with another 10-year-old boy named Helper23. They liked the same video games and shows. They laughed at each other's jokes. They explored new games together. After several months of friendship, Colby gave Helper23 six diamonds in a game they were playing. This was a very generous gift. Colby's birthday was coming up, and Helper23 wanted to send him a cool present in real life. Colby figured it wouldn't hurt to give Helper23 his home address, as long as he promised not to tell it to any strangers or grown-ups. Helper23 swore he wouldn't tell anyone else, not even his own parents, and set about mailing the package. I paused the story and asked my son, Do you think that was a good idea? No, he said, shaking his head vigorously. In spite of himself, he was getting into the story. Well, neither did Colby. Colby felt guilty about giving away his home address, and his guilt began to grow and grow. By the time he put on his pajamas the next night, his guilt and fear were larger than anything else in his life. He resolved to admit the truth to his parents. The punishment would be steep, but it was worth it to have a clear conscience. He squirmed in his bed, and he waited for his parents to tuck him in. My son knew the scary part was coming up in spite of his tough talk. He leaned forward, wide-eyed. I spoke quietly and deliberately. He heard all the noises of the house. The washing machine bounced around in the laundry room. Branches scraped against the brick outside his room. His baby brother cooed in the nursery. And there were some other noises he couldn't quite pinpoint. Finally, his dad's footsteps echoed down the hall. Hey, Dad, he called out nervously. I have something to tell you. His dad stuck his head in the doorway at a weird angle. In the darkness, his mouth didn't seem to move and his eyes were all wrong. Yes, son, the voice was way too off. Are you okay, dad? The boy had asked. Uh-huh, sung his father in his strangely affected voice. Colby pulled his covers up defensively. Um, is mom around? Here I am. Mom's head popped into the doorway below dad's. Her voice was unnatural in a falsetto. Were you about to tell us that you gave our home address to Helper 23? You shouldn't have done that. We told you never to give out personal information on the internet. She continued, he wasn't really a kid. He just pretended to be one. Do you know what he did? He came to our house, broke in and murdered both of us just so he could spend some time with you. A fat man in a wet jacket emerged in the child's doorway. 
holding the two severed heads. Colby shrieked and gasped as the man dropped the heads onto the ground, unsheathed his knife, and moved into the room to work on the boy. My son screamed too. He twisted his hands defensively over his face, but we were just getting started with the story. After several hours, the boy was almost dead and his screams had become whimpers. The killer noticed the wailing of a baby in another room and removed his knife from Colby. This was a special treat. He had never murdered a baby before and was excited about the prospect. Helper 23 left Colby to die and followed the cries through the house like a homing beacon. In the nursery, he walked to the crib, picked the baby up and held it in its arms. He moved towards the changing table to get a better look, but as he looked at the baby, the crying died down. The baby looked up and smiled. Helper 23 had never held a baby, but he gently bounced it in his arms like a pro. He wiped his bloody hands on the blanket so he could stroke the baby's cheek. Hey there, sweet little guy. The beautiful rage of sadism melted into something warmer and softer. He walked out of the nursery, took the baby home, named him William, and raised him on his very own. After I finished the story, my son was visibly shaken. Between ragged staccato breaths, he stammered, but dad, my name is William. I gave him a classic dad wink and tousled his hair. Of course it is, son. William ran up the stairs to his bedroom in a fury of sobs. But deep down, I think he liked the story. I'm like shaking. I love that story. Obviously it's disturbing, duh, but like what a freaking great plot twist. Um, the first time I read it, I think was like five years ago. And um, I had no idea how it was gonna end. Like I love a good plot twist. Um, so I hope you guys did too. But I'll go ahead and wrap us up there. I hope you guys had a great uh, Buzztober day with me and look forward to more days ahead and tune in tomorrow. Thank you so much. Stay buzzed and of course, stay bubbly.